another episode of the Gridiron Uncensored podcast with Brendan, Blake, and Trevor, the usual crew. Again, uh, so we know it's been a couple days since the last show. Obviously, you know, there's been sicknesses going around. We got football going on. We've got family, you know, stuff going down with the holidays, uh, Christmas being around. So, uh, you know, we, we've taken a little time. Uh, you know, we're going to square it away tonight and, and get you guys our final thoughts on these games up until uh, January 1st. And then after that, we'll reconvene after the new year. Uh, so we're just going to go ahead and get into these games, uh, you know, Friday through, you know, through today, Saturday, and, uh, you know, just kind of do a brief breeze over on how these games played out. Uh, you know, Friday night, you had a Georgia Tech beating UCF. Uh, you know, a lot of people were counting out Georgia Tech early, but they came out and in the second quarter and on, they just, they blew them out. Uh, it was a really great game from them. Uh, you know, uh, they might be a team to watch in the ACC moving forward. Uh, recruiting class looks solid, so we'll see on that. Uh, another game we <clears throat> didn't mention uh, for Friday. It was a Thursday game. South Florida beat the absolute dog out of Syracuse. Uh, so yikes on that one. I don't know who, who would have picked Syracuse. I, it wasn't me. No, actually it was. Uh, so let, let's go ahead and get into some of these other games here from Saturday slate. Uh, South Alabama beat the hell out of Eastern Michigan. That wasn't even close. I thought it might be. Uh, Northwestern, congrats to them after, you know, a horrible season last year. They came out and beat Utah tonight, uh, 14-7. Really a a great job by their their new head coach. Um, You know, Coastal Carolina, they're playing tonight. Uh, They got San Jose State. Duke came out, and they beat Troy. And I I really thought that one was going to be a victory for Troy after all that Duke has lost. Uh, you know, coaching, the quarterback, everything. But Duke came out and they they uh, persevered and got the win. Northern Illinois came out with a victory against Arkansas State. Air Force beat James Madison. Uh, turnaround for, for Air Force. Obviously, James Madison lost their head coach to Indiana. Uh, some players to the portal. So uh, tough outing for them, but Air Force got the win. Georgia State came in. They got a, a good win against Utah State, 45-22. to Um and then you got games like Ohio, uh, they beat Georgia Southern. Uh, oh, wait, that's December 16th. My bad. We're getting into the weeds now. We're not going back that far. So that's, uh, you know, that's this weekend. Saturday's games are finished. Um, so, boys, uh, that was it was a solid, you know, little weekend slate here finishing up tonight with the Coastal Carolina game. Uh, I'm going to turn that on here in a little while just to see what the finish is. Um but for the new games moving forward, you know, going into the 1st of January, we got about 24 games, guys. So, you know, we're, we're not going to linger on a lot of them. We're just going to kind of start talking about, you know, the big ones that, that we're looking forward to. Obviously, you got all your New Year's Six games. You've got some other big matchups, uh, cool name matchups. So we're going to get into those here in just a minute. Um, first of all, you know, obviously we know we got playoffs coming up. All these teams have been prepping. They're getting ready. Uh, you know, teams have traveled. Uh, you know, they're getting they're getting everybody squared away. But at the same time, you've lost a lot of players to the portal. You've had people sitting out for, you know, the, N- the NFL draft. It's a whole new, you know, landscape. And it's really changed how these games are going to, you know, be picked. Uh, for, for, you know, myself and a lot of these guys, you know, the other guys, we're trying to figure out how the hell, how are we going to pick these teams? Uh, so it, it's going to be tough. So bear with us and don't bet on us. 
Uh, let's go ahead and get into these games here, starting off with the 27th of December. I'm just going to do a rundown of all the games, and then we're going to go back and have some actual conversation uh, on, you know, what we're looking for, the, the most you know exciting game, maybe the worst matchup, uh, that type of stuff. So first up, uh, Wednesday, December 27th, you got Virginia Tech and Tulane. Uh, Virginia Tech's 10-point favorites there. North Carolina, West Virginia. West Virginia, six-point favorites. Uh, you know, during the regular season, that probably wouldn't happen. But Drake May is sitting out, and so is Tez Walker. You got Louisville, USC, Texas A&M, Oklahoma State. That's a pretty solid little slate of games there uh, for, you know, for a Wednesday. And then Thursday, you've got SMU, Boston College, Rutgers, Miami, NC State, Kansas State, Arizona, and Oklahoma. Friday, December 29th, Kentucky and Clemson, Oregon State, Notre Dame, Memphis and Iowa State. A big one here, Missouri and Ohio State on Friday, December 29th. And now you're getting into your Saturday, December 30th, leading up to, obviously, the New Year's games. Ole Miss and Penn State, Auburn and Maryland, Georgia and Florida State. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, Florida State. Uh, Toledo, Wyoming. And then now you're at the New Year's Six, uh, Wisconsin, LSU, Liberty, Oregon, Iowa, and Tennessee. And then obviously the big ones, Bama, Michigan, and Texas, and Washington. I know that's a lot to hear. Uh, You know, now it's time to get into some of the weeds on these games. Uh, Boys, right off the bat, what what are the games that you're kind of looking forward to the most out of that, you know, slate of games? You know, outside of uh, obviously the semifinal games, because you know everybody's looking forward to them to right, seeing right. how these teams play against each other. Um, the one that really intrigues me a lot is the Missouri Ohio State game. I'm really curious because Missouri's played really well all year long. They were pretty darn consistent for the most part, and OSU ah, with them losing. Um, their quarterback to the transfer portal in Syracuse of all teams. Go figure that one out. Um, but <clears throat> I just think that this particular game is going to shed a little bit of light on where Ohio State is currently. Um, whether they're ready to play with, uh, I would say, mid to high tier SEC team or not. Because, look. Honestly, you've lost to Michigan three times in a row. Michigan hasn't exactly performed in the postseason as well as they probably should have. Um, So this is kind of going to be a barometer for the country to see where Ohio State is. You know, Ohio State, I think even as a, a a Michigan guy myself, I can't even argue with the fact that Ohio State consistently has some of the best talent coming in year after year as far as recruiting classes and transfers and things of that nature. So in my head, there's no real excuse that they should lose to Missouri. Excuse me. But I think there's a significant possibility that Missouri um, surprises them a bit. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked to see Ohio State go down, especially not having uh, Kyle McCord for the game. I'm looking forward to North Carolina State, Kansas State. I just want to see if uh, NC State can carry over into their bowl game the defense they've brought most of the season. And how will Kansas State respond after losing their starting quarterback? 
Uh, another game, though, that I'm looking forward to, it wasn't on our list, but Ole Miss and Penn State. Mm-hmm. I want to see how Ole Miss fares against a solid defense. I think they'll win the game. I just want to see them play somebody outside of the SEC that's got or is supposed to have a solid defense. Yeah, I, I'm I'm curious about that one. I and I, you know, the Penn State one is another one where Chop Robinson he's opting out for the draft. He's their best defensive end, and that's that's when you're like, man, that sucks because that's a really good matchup. You know, Ole, Ole Miss and Penn State. I'd like to see them at full strength. And then uh, also Theo Johnson, the the leading tight end for Penn State's also opted out. And Ohio, uh, Ole Miss doesn't have anybody opted out that I'm aware of. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're fully loaded into this game and obviously into next with the portal uh, that they're rocking. Um, you know, the, the Ohio State game is, you know, like Trevor is saying, Ohio State's loaded with talent. They're the only team really outside the SEC that recruits like the SEC, uh, you know, talent-wise. They're, they're one of the top, you know, year in and year out in composite talent. Uh, you know, it, it's just they're just that's how they operate. But, uh, you know, obviously this year for them was still, you know, all lackluster, even though they only lost one game. Kyle McCord, he got ran out of town. Uh, it sounds like Devin Brown is going to be their their starter after he got injured during the season. And, boy, I, I'll tell you what, if you're on social media, all the Ohio State fans would let you know, like, oh, the, you know, Michigan only beat, you know, Ohio State because they had a Syracuse quarterback starting. Uh, you know, Devin Brown, he was the main guy. He should have started. Uh, but he got injured. So, you know, this is going to be a new Ohio State, according to their fans. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I I, I kind of feel good about Missouri, but then again, I, I really don't know. It, it's going to be funky seeing uh, Ohio State out there without McCord. Uh, he's not a bad quarterback at all. I, I think he gets a bad rap. Uh, you know, obviously he's not as elite as, you know, C.J. Stroud or, uh, you know, Justin Fields or, you know, whoever's come before them. But he's still a dang good quarterback, uh, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see if it bites him in the tail here uh, come this bowl game. Uh, the NC State one, I, I think that's a really cool matchup, though. It you know with Kansas State losing uh, the quarterback, running back, you know it kind of you know loses a little bit of luster to me. But I think it's still a really neat matchup. Um, you know, talking about other players that have opted out, you know Caleb Williams, uh, Brandon Rice. Uh, you know, other players for USC have opted out. So Louisville, they look pretty solid in that one, even though they have lost their best running back in Jawar Jordan. Uh, talked about Drake May and Tez Walker for UNC. That makes it a little bit more juicy of a, you know, potential for West Virginia. Uh, Texas A&M and Oklahoma State, I'm not tracking anybody uh, except for one player from Texas A&M, a linebacker. Uh, Egren uh, Cooper, I believe is, is how you pronounce his name. Um uh, and then other games that I had circled, Rutgers and Miami, I thought was a neat matchup. Miami's, they've got two safeties sitting out and a, and a defensive lineman. Uh, I don't think that Rutgers, Rutgers has uh, their top cornerback sitting out. So, you know, it's just all these teams, they've got somebody out. OU, Arizona, we, we mentioned that. We, we really like that matchup a lot. But now Dylan Gabriel's gone. Uh, you know, it, it's just, it's the, all the dynamics are changing. So these are these are great potentials for teams like Arizona, uh, you know, Rutgers to pick up wins in the in the in the bowl season and you know have a good uh, 
get pushing the next year. I think it's worth mentioning. I mean, look, I mean, I know that more than likely UGA is going to push FSU around a bit more than likely. However, it's hard to not discount the fact of how many players have left the UGA program over the past month. Um, I mean, and that, I mean, you, you take what, how many was it? It was like 15, 15 players or something like that. It was 18. Was it 18? I didn't, I, I don't know exactly how many moved, but I mean, that's a lot of players to lose off of a roster regardless. Um, whether they were starters or not, it really doesn't matter because <laughs> if you lose depth, then you lose the ability to hold that intensity for all four quarters when you're playing really good competition. Um, and I think FSU is a good team, and they have just a second-string quarterback. And he, the second-string quarterback that will be playing, actually, I, I thought, played well when he had to step up. Um, so I'm curious about the UGA-FSU game and see how that plays out. I mean, obviously they'll have their their starting quarterback will be there in Beck, um, but outside of that, I'm not I'm not sure how it'll go, honestly, and how the flow of the game will be with all those players transferring out. Yeah, uh, Tennessee and Iowa that'll be uh, it'll be a snooze fest, but I think it'll be a good game too. Just seeing that stout defense of Iowa and Tennessee's inability to do anything. Yeah, I'm curious to see how Joe Milton does against their zone defense. That that's really the big question mark for me. I I think I obviously you know they'll have a better offense than what Iowa does, but Iowa's always got a strong defense. Man, it does not matter. They they are tough and they like to play the grind you out type type of games. And if Joe Milton can play mistake free, they'll you know they'll be fine. But if they give if they give Iowa any chances at short fields or uh, you know, pick sixes, that type of thing. It, 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 this could be a problem for, for Tennessee. I I kind of feel that way as well. Uh, Wisconsin and LSU has kind of gotten a little more intriguing to me. Uh, now, Wisconsin has lost, you know, Braylon Allen. He's getting ready for the draft. He's a really good young running back. Uh, you know, but Jalen Daniels or Jane Daniels sitting out. Uh, I, I don't know if uh, Neighbors has, has made a – a declaration not or not. Uh, I don't believe he has yet, but uh, I mean, still losing your star quarterback. It'll be interesting to see what they can do against Wisconsin. I know Wisconsin's had their troubles this year, but uh, I do. I like that matchup. I think it's a cool game. I just, I don't know what will happen now. You know, that, that Jaden's sitting out uh, just makes it a little bit more interesting. I hate seeing the the big star players sit out of the ball game. Yeah. It just it's a bitch move, and I hate to see it. I agree, hundred percent agree with that. I just, what's the point? You know, I mean, what do you really save yourself by not playing? I mean, granted, there, there's always a chance of injury. Shoot, you could sprain your ankle real bad walking down the sidewalk. So I mean, yeah. like, come on, man, <laughs> like, let's go. Yeah, it, and that's one. Uh, yeah, 2016, you go back, obviously, as a Michigan fan, and a lot of other fans use this as, you know, a as a way, oh, well, you know, you remember what happened in the Orange Bowl against Florida State and Jake Butt, you know, he was projected to be, you know, top-round draft pick. You know, he's great tight end for Michigan, Mackey Award winner. And, you know, he goes out and he, he gets his 
uh, ACL blown out in the first half. And, you know, he didn't get drafted until later. Uh, You know, he sat out almost the whole first year getting, you know, his NFL career, you know, rehabilitating. So, you know, his his NFL career was cut short because he got injured again in that same knee. Uh, So it's just one of those things. People are like, oh, well, what about these injuries? It could, you know, look what happened to Jake Butt. Jake Butt will tell you, I don't, I, I would not change anything about playing for my team. That's just the type of man he is, though. You know, he, he's like, I don't care. I, I, it doesn't matter that I got injured. My team was playing in a game and they needed me. I'm going to play. I, I wish we saw more of that, you know, from, from these elite athletes, uh, these top-tier draft prospects. Play for your damn team, man. Exactly right. And, I mean, as a fan of whatever team, you always want to see that those are the kind of caliber of people that you're bringing in to play for the school. Mm-hmm. Is people that show pride in the school as a – the name on the front, you know, the old saying, the name on the front means a whole hell of a lot more than Mm -hmm. the name on the back. And that's the mentality that I feel like a lot of programs have forgotten about. And that the, the, you know, the name on the back is more important than the school or all of the, the whole student body that you're representing. Uh, It's just, you know, it's an individualistic mindset uh, across the country with a lot of the bigger programs. And I think it's a it's a disease and a problem. I definitely agree with you. It's you know generational. Uh, obviously, this you know there's a lot of money out there. People are being advised you know by parents now, and uh, you know even uh, agents and all this other stuff. These these you know guys are are getting in in college, and they're being they're being told, hey, you need to sit out, or hey, you need to transfer. And, you look, you look at some of these guys that do, that do transfer or, or that, you know, sit out for the bowl game. Uh, like the one that's really curious to me right now is uh, uh, Tonga Vailoa, Tulia. Uh, he's sitting out his bowl game for Maryland. And now there's rumor that he might be trying to hit the transfer portal. I'm like, like what? That That's just crazy to me. Yeah. I have a, I have a theory on – on why he hasn't actually announced whether or not he's going to the the portal or not. Because I believe him, like maybe a few others, are waiting to commit because they're waiting on Cam Ward to make a decision on where he's going to go. Yeah, that's that's a fair because point. nobody wants to play second fiddle to Cam Ward because he's just that kind of talent. Where mm-hmm. you pretty much know going in, if you're if you're you know competing against Cam Ward, his athleticism alone will blow a lot of people out of the water. Yeah, I, I do wonder when he's going to decide. I know the window's still open for a little bit longer, but as as of, as of now, as of what I've looked at, I mean, I'll, I'll get into this a little bit later when I do the little recruiting transfer. But there isn't even a crystal ball out for him just yet. Uh, no, it, it's it's going to be curious to see what he does. And uh, same with uh, DJ uh, Uyangalele. You know, he's another one that him and they've all been flirting with Florida State and. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But again, you, that's another team that, you know, we didn't even mention uh, was Oklahoma St- or excuse me, Oregon State, Notre Dame. I think that's a cool as hell game. But, you know, DJ has gone. Uh, you, you got a lot of people transferring from uh, Oregon State now because, you know, they're they're being left behind from the Pac-12. Uh, you know, Estime from from Notre Dame is sitting out. Uh, and I, I think uh, – Wow, Notre Dame's quarterback. 
Uh, did he mention if he's going to stay or not? Hartman? You're, you're talking about Hartman, right? Yeah. And I think he's already stated that he's going to go to NFL. Okay. I couldn't remember it's if he was playing in the game or not. But Wasn't he a senior? Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I just think he's he's not he's not opting to do the grad transfer route, um, and he's just going to take his chances in the NFL draft. But I yeah. I thought he was going to play, but I maybe think you're he changes, right. Maybe I'm I probably misread that. Shit, I've read I so much too. stuff about who's in, who's out. Like, it's confusing, it's, man. It's hard to keep it all straight. I'm not going to lie. It is, dude. There's just so many people <laughs> declaring in the portal. It, you know, you got to have a damn tracker out there for it uh but yeah guys I, I don't know there's a lot of good bowl games even though there's players that are going to be sitting out and i know it changes you know maybe the luster of some of these games but i still think they're neat matchups and like we mentioned before uh you know even coaches say it too hey it, it, honestly it kind of helps us see what we got in the future and you know what, what we got to work with and maybe what we do bring in from the portal uh Let's go ahead, guys, and let's get into the the big ones here, the the playoff games. Obviously, nobody's really sitting out of those. Uh, none of the main the main guys. Uh, there's there's a couple of, from each team that have hit the portal, but they're they're guys that are buried on the depth chart. They're you know they're having to get in. Uh, let's talk about Texas and Washington first. Uh, obviously, uh, for those of you you know that. That I've seen maybe on Twitter or whatever. Uh, Washington was awarded with the Joe Moore Award for the bit, the best O line in the country. That one kind of surprised me a little bit, though. Towards the end of the year, they were getting a lot of ground yards, and they were able to to get uh, Dylan Johnson rolling. Uh, so I'm really curious to see how this one plays out on the in the trenches here. With that that D line for Texas is really strong. You know, see how they hold up against this Joe Moore, you know, award-winning offensive line, and and if uh, they can keep Penix upright, <laughs> you know, keep keep him uh, off his back. Uh, I'm sorry, I was making some stupid jokes there, unintentional, of course. But uh, boys, <laughs> what do you see in this Texas and uh, in Washington game? I see a lot of points coming to the scoreboard. Uh, Texas has a really good front. And that's going to be critical, getting pressure on Penix, because he's pretty good at, even when under pressure, making good decisions. And he's got probably the most accurate ball in college football this year. But on the flip side, Quinn Ewers, he's also a good quarterback. So it's going to be battle of the quarterbacks. I think Texas has a slot edge on the defensive side of the ball. I would say Washington probably has an edge on the offensive side of the ball. Because that Penix, Odunze, that combination is just lethal to anybody that plays Washington. Um, I, don't, I really don't know which way. I've got a way I'm leaning on it, but I don't know for sure if it's the pick I'm going to end up making. But this is uh, one of the games I'm most looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, you guys pretty much said it for the most part already, but um... – yeah, it's the it's the wide receivers for Washington against the corners for Texas, and that's where the 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 buck stops for me because I think I think the O line for Washington is okay, pretty decent. I think they'll give Penix enough time. I just don't think that they will give him all the time in the world. You, you're not going to see Penix just sit back there and be able to pick the defense apart. Mm-hmm. I think Texas defense's uh, front is a bit too good for that. 
And I don't think Sark is going to allow that to happen. Even if he, it starts happening in the first quarter, I'm sure they will be making adjustments to try and find ways to put pressure on him. Um, but like you said, Blake, uh, Odunze is probably one of the best in the country um, as far as wide receivers go. Uh, it's some 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 say that Marvin Harrison is. I granted, I believe that to my core that he is. But Odunze is. He's a shifty. He's he's super fast, and he knows how to get open really quickly for Penix to hit him on those slant, quick slants. Mm-hmm. They're lethal when they do that. <clears throat> Run after catch. Adunze is one of the best. Um, and I'm I'm really excited to see see how this plays out. I'm fairly certain I know who I'm gonna pick, but now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> maybe I'm not so sure. <laughs> yeah, and. It- I'll say for for the uh, Washington offense too, they they thrive on the explosives, uh, you know those big pass, you know run after catch like you guys have mentioned. But that back shoulder shit that they do, I mean constantly, uh, panics to Adunze. Uh, they do it at the sticks. They do it for touchdowns. They do it, you know, everywhere. Back shoulder throws are just they're so accurate and and perfectly timed. They're so hard to stop. And they do it probably the best out of anybody in the country that I've seen. Uh, so that's that's something Texas really just has to try to control that. Uh, maybe maybe roll some coverages, get them mixed up in their their zones. Uh, you know, they might have to play aggressive. You know, on the on those jumps and and have some over the top coverage on on a Dunze and and have your your underneath guy try to jump those routes. Uh, you know, so that they can maybe pick off one of those back shoulders, but you you risk you risk yourself, you know, with either a post or something trying to trying to get too cute as well. So I don't know. They they got a tough task uh, for Texas, but if that front forward, that front you know seven can get working, I, I think they'll have a really good chance at winning this game. Speaking of tough, let's let's talk about that Michigan Bama game because that's about to be a really tough one for both teams. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So, <clears throat> I guess the way I'm looking at this is that it's, it's the defense versus defense. It's which defense makes the most stops, honestly. Um, I think the offenses – I know people are going to call me crazy, but I think the offenses are actually pretty comparable, all things considered, um, be, if you compare them. Um, I know that – uh, Milrow is a bit more le- less experienced, so I don't know if that's going to hurt him or if he's going to go in there with the naivety of a quarterback that's never hasn't been there, hasn't been there actually underneath the lights and everything like that and playing. So I um I don't know this this one's a very interesting one. I think I honestly don't I don't think there's going to be more than forty points scored. To be perfectly honest with you, Yeah, I think the key to this game for Michigan is the front four putting pressure on Milrow. And Michigan's probably got, I would say their defense is comparable to Georgia, if not the front four a little better than Georgia. Uh, I don't, and probably the secondary too. I think very comparable to Georgia all the way around. But I think Michigan has a little bit better of an ability to get in the backfield. So how that affects Milrow is going to be key for Michigan. And, you know, if they are able to do that, just like Texas did, 
I think Michigan will end up walking away with it. But then on the flip side, if they're not able to do that and Milrow is able to get going and Tommy Reese calls a game like he did against LSU and the second half of Tennessee to where we've got Michigan very off balance, we're able to get a run game going, Milrow's just accurate enough, you know, I think Batman will take it. I mean, it's uh, when you get into the playoffs, it's a it's a coin toss on either side for every mm-hmm. game because uh, these are the best teams in college football. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it because it's hard to have that trust in Milrow just because of the – I mean, even in the games he's played well in, he's had very key mistakes that we're lucky ended up not costing us like in Auburn. Uh, he had a couple in Georgia – uh, he had some in Kentucky, and those those mis- little mistakes, though so minor, they matter more than anything in games like this. So if he can play a perfect game, I like Bama. If Michigan's able to get pressure in the backfield, I like Michigan. And I, I just one thing quickly to add before before you go, Brendan. Um, I would say that I agree with almost everything you said, and I also want to state that. I think that if JJ keeps with this trend of not performing very well as a quarterback, now I know he's he's a victim of the play calling and how they were play calling these games, and mm-hmm. you know the stats don't always tell the whole story, which I completely get. But there were there are a few, and I certainly I certainly think that if JJ starts doing this improvisation that he likes to do start throwing across his body things like that when he rolls out of the pocket i think that the bama defense is far too good to give them an opportunity to sit a linebacker into that little short crossing route that five to ten yard window and just wait for jj to try and throw across his body to try and just make a play yeah and i i i I think that bama will be prepared for that because I mean, that, how can they not be? They're going to have to spy JJ for a little bit just to see what kind of game plan they're going to run. Uh, because JJ can run; he's not Milrow fast, but he can still get you a, a first down almost every every drive, if not a couple. Yeah, I mean, he he still has wheels. He's in the I think four or five range on speed. So I mean, he's he's got he's quick. Uh, you know, so you you do have to prepare ah, prepare for that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Milrow, obviously I've said this all year is he's the wild card and he's a, he's a guy that, you know, he's so dangerous with his legs that when a play breaks down, you know, he could take it for 70 yards, uh, you know, to the house, you know, it's his passing again, where, uh, you know, when you watch a lot of the games, it'll be like 16 of 25 passing, uh, you know, not huge numbers, but it'll still have like, you know, 200 something yards uh, on the games that, you know, he hasn't thrown any interceptions. Uh, he's, he's thrown it pretty decently to where he needs to. And it, and there's pretty safe throws for the most part. He'll have some overthrows, but there's games when he's pressured a lot where he makes those mistakes. And that's like Blake alluded to Michigan's going to have to get pressure. I think they're going to have to come out and do some exotic blitzes uh, now they they might come out and try to see what they can do on the, with the front four because that's what they've done for most of the season. Is what what can Michigan do with the the just a four man blitz and and go from there? But 
if Bama goes in and tries to lean on that run game like they've they've done, you know, towards the end of the season, then Michigan's going to have to stack that box up a little bit and change up the blitzes. Uh, you probably don't take Sainer still. You don't take Will, uh, Will Johnson out, but you get uh, you know Rod Moore, you know, safety come down and try to try to work in some uh, some edge coverage like that. I think you you'll see a lot of that coming from uh, Jesse Minter. Uh, really, that's that's the biggest thing on defense for me is uh, you know what type of you know blitz packages are they going to bring? Uh, you know, or are they going to just sit back and kind of see what they can do with with the four man line like they did against Ohio State and Penn State? Because that that's what they did, and it was able to work. Uh, it's kind of a bend but don't break style, and they've done that pretty well. So I'm curious to see on defense how they do. Offensively, uh, you know, Michigan obviously work work the trenches like they know that what they do. Get Blake Corm uh, going. But I really want to see Donovan Edwards in the passing game more, uh, get him out wide, uh, you know, shift him under, uh, do some Texas routes with them, get some wheel routes that they like to hit, uh, you know, and obviously just being healthy. Uh, you know, it, this is a good time for Michigan's uh, linemen to get back. I know they, they're losing Zinter for the year with the injury, but getting Henderson and them back, uh, that that's big to, to get them to 100%. Uh, and tight ends, tight end play, you know, work those Bama linebackers because uh, I think their secondary is very good uh, for Alabama. Uh, obviously, the front's very strong. So I want to see how they do against the linebackers uh, and getting those tight end delays, the drags, that type of thing going. Uh, and then, uh, again, on Bama's side, get that run game, uh, you know, let let Milrow do his thing and just kind of cause chaos. Let get Burton out there, get get him going. Uh, that it's it's going to be a tough game. I, I think this is going to be really tight, and I, I think Trevor said like forty uh, points for like over under. I, I'd say probably in that same range, each probably twenty something points apiece uh, would would be pushing it. it it's going to be tough sledding, boys. Trevor, what you got? Yeah, I was just going to say is like honestly thinking about this game now that I, now that we've kind of talked about it a bit. Uh, really, I wouldn't be surprised if both <clears throat> both defenses come out and effectively make the quarterbacks beat them. I will not yeah. be surprised if Bama comes out and shuts down Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards and make them become a little bit more um, exotic, I guess you could say, by trying to u- make them use screens and try and figure out different ways to get their running backs involved. And, and same thing with Michigan. I would not be surprised if they make Milrow beat, beat them, um, which could be a dangerous – invitation <laughs> depending yeah. on what Milrow we get uh but um i am super excited about this game like i know i part of me is disappointed but also part of me is happy that it's the earlier game instead of the primetime game um one because they're the first ones up and that means they don't have any distraction about what happened with the previous game or anything like that both teams can go out and play their game and not worry about the other semifinal on who they may or may not be playing. Um, and I think both – I mean, both of these coaches should be – should have these guys ready to play. So I'm extremely excited about this game. Blake, you got anything else on this one for Bama? Uh, not really. Um, if I had 
the only thing I would add is just continuing what Trevor said. If Michigan tries to force Milrow to beat them, it will solely depend on which Milrow they get. If they get the early season Milrow, you know, congratulations, you're going to the natty. <clears throat> if he plays with both eyes open and uses it like at least part of the front lobe of his brain, you know, I think Bam will be all right <laughs> and we'll we'll get out of there. But, you know, I guess we'll find out in a few days. Yeah. It's coming up quick, boys. It, it really is. Uh, holidays, you know, obviously uh, you got family in town or you're going out of town. And uh, it's going to go very quickly. And and then, sure enough, you're going to wake up on New Year's Day and, like, holy shit, all the nerves will hit you. And you're like, oh, it's game time. And uh, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm nervous about it for sure. Uh, I'm excited though. I mean, it's, it's a great opportunity for, for every team. And uh, it's a, this is a fun playoff this year. Uh, so yeah, boys, anything else on these games? Uh, I know we ran through a lot of them. We haven't really gone into detail on, on a bunch of them just because there's so many changes, uh, you know, and things change by the hour, it seems in, in college football and the off season. Uh, is there anything else on these before we get into our picks and maybe some other conversation? All right, well, let's go ahead. We're going to give you our picks. We got, uh, I believe, 24. Uh, so, boys, I'm just going to I'm gonna call them off. You give me the picks, and we'll go down the line. Uh, Bowling Green in Minnesota. Give me Bowling Green. Give me them Golden Gophers. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go Bowling Green, too. I, I, I hate doing it against, you know, Big Ten and all that stuff, but – I, I don't know. I, I've got Bowling Green coming out in this one. Texas State and Rice. Give me Texas State. Yeah, give me Texas State as well. All right. All right. So all three of us going with Texas State on this one. I dig it. Kansas and UNLV. The old dark horse. I'm going to roll with Kansas. Yeah, give me the bean. I want that. I'm gonna my dark horses. I'm riding them till till the end of the season. Riding it till it's grinded to nothing. I like yeah, it. Yeah, uh, right, riding till grinding to the halt, man. Right, yeah, I'm gonna ride with Kansas as well, man. I just think that outside of the quarterback, I just think they're a really talented team. Mm-hmm. Underrated, I would say in most most respects. Yeah, I feel you. Uh, I, I think I think they'll get the win on that one for sure. Virginia Tech, Tulane. Hokies. Give me that green wave. Man, I think I'm going to go Virginia Tech as well. Uh, UNC, West Virginia. Is Drake May playing? No, no Drake May, no Tez Walker. West Virginia. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you, boys. That's that's part of it. Like uh, obviously during the regular season, I don't think this would have been a, really much of an option. But now that their guys are gone, and uh, the line is is in favor of West Virginia too. I think it's six and a half points. Uh, Louisville USC USC's got a lot of a lot of opt outs cards. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's to say it. <laughs> you know, I think it's with USC. I think it's going to be addition by subtraction. 
And I think they're going to play better without Caleb Williams and some of those other pieces than uh, if they were still there. So, so you give me USC. Okay. All right. It's a spicy pick. I like it. Uh, Texas A&M, Oklahoma State. I like this did, matchup. This is a cool one. Who did you pick in USC? Oh, my bad. I went Louisville. Louisville. Um, I'm going A&M. Okay. Oh, man. Give me the mullet for the win. <laughs> I like it. The mullet. He's a man. He's like 50-something now. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give Texas A&M a chance. You know, I, that front is still strong, even though they lost Nolan. Uh, they've lost some receiver. Oh, hold on now. Oh, man. I think, is Ollie Gordon sitting out? No. No? I don't think so. Not that I've I haven't seen. seen it. I haven't seen it. You know, I'm going I'm going with to Okie State. I'm going to do it. Sorry. Trevor's been on Okie He's State. held true to his word after like week three, never he picking did. A&M again. He said, they go to hell. I don't care <laughs> if they play Iraq. I'm picking Iraq, <laughs> buddy. That's right. <laughs> well, hell yeah. Oh, man. SMU and Boston College. Give me SMU. Yep. Give me them Broncos. Or no, Mustangs. My bad. I'm going with I'm going with them too. I you know, I, I like their uniforms a lot. You know, I respect yep. them for getting that ACC, you know. Uh, we're we're going SMU. Rutgers in Miami. Give me Miami. Man, this is a tough one because Rutgers were they were starting to play well down that stretch. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I just I think Miami I, I think they got too much. I think it's I think it's gonna be the Canes. Rutgers just has too much inconsistency on offense. That's for darn sure. Absolutely. And Miami I'm, I'm has a solid Rutgers. defense. They Miami's lost two safeties. They've lost a D lineman and Van Dyke's gone. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Van Dyke is playing in the game with them, but he did commit to Wisconsin. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure on that. That's another one. Like they say, they're committed, but are they still playing? I I have no freaking idea. So again, don't don't use us to bet on you know like money and sh- them. Just don't do it. Uh, bowl games just you know it's fun fun picking at this point. NC State, Kansas State. Give me NC State. Yeah, Wolfpack. Yeah, I'm with you, boys. Sorry, uh, Colt. Uh, dear, our dear friend is a diehard Kansas State fan. Uh, they're going to be in shambles after this one. I apologize for you, for that. All right, Arizona and OU. I Arizona. think we all know. Yeah, the Give flying fajita, son. Let's go. You know, I'm finally going to take that opportunity to go with Arizona, and I'm sure it's going to backfire. Gonna... But you know, whatever. <laughs> I know you, you haven't you haven't followed this whole year, man. I have year, not man. really got on the bandwagon with the Wildcats just yet. But you better get ready because they're winning the damn Big Twelve next year, boys. I'm it won't be it hard now. with OU and Texas gone. Don't matter. Don't matter. They're doing it. <laughs> Read them and weep. Clemson and Kentucky. Clemson. Yep, I'm with you. <laughs> Trevor, oh, it's, go, it's a Wildcat pick. Let's just go back to back Wildcats. All right. Club me in the face. 
Oh, man. Uh, Kentucky's actually made some pretty good moves in the portal. Yeah, they have. Uh, now, Honestly, with Clemson, it's just inconsistency as well. Like They're yeah. just kind of all over the place with how they perform. Talking about, uh, you know, a game that I thought was cool until, you know, everybody's gone, Oregon State, Notre Dame. Yeah. I'm going to uh, go with Notre Dame. The less of the shit shows. <laughs> Oh, and honestly, man. I have to go to Notre Dame as well because Oregon State losing their head coach is just like you know I don't yeah that that's a rough that's a rough recovery I don't it care does, who you are yeah it, that's that's just too hard to overcome coach quarterbacks I mean they've lost all mm-hmm. their quarterback I, yeah this is gonna be Notre Dame uh, it pains me but it's happening yep. uh, Memphis and Iowa State it's kind of a funky little matchup there that is a that is a funky one I'm gonna go with Memphis. God dang it, Blake. <laughs> We're ripping it right out of my brain. <clears throat> yeah, I was going to say Memphis, too. I just like the way they play offense and how fast they move. I just think it's going to catch Iowa State off guard. Yeah, I haven't seen anything out of Iowa State, like movement or anything. It's, man, I, you know what? I'm going to go with them just for the hell of it. They'll be, they'll uh, be taking the betting line, I'm sure. Most of the, half of the Iowa State <laughs> yeah. team. That's, you know, that's a story we haven't seen anything else about. Nothing. Is not a Iowa thing. State and Iowa betting. I'm I'm gonna ride with Iowa State just because they're they're betting on this game for sure. Okay. Uh, so I'm I'm going for them. Uh big one here, Missouri and Ohio State. Man. <laughs> the anointed one is that quarterback now. The you know, the best quarterback they had who hadn't played all season. Yeah. He's gonna lead them to this well, victory. He may be the best quarterback. Um, but you know, whatever he didn't, he doesn't have the same relationship with Marvin Harrison that McCord did. There was probably a reason why McCord was the starting quarterback to begin with mm. because of the connection with Marvin Harrison jr. Um, with that said, I'm going to take the Mizzou Tigers to, to beat OSU. I like it. And that is not me being a Michigan fan. That is me legitimately thinking Mizzou has the capabilities to beat Ohio state. Yeah. I'm going to stick with Ohio State. I just think their defense is pretty good and I I don't I'm not sold on Missouri. I'm a mix. I does does Missouri have anybody opting out? I don't believe they do. No, they got as far as I know everybody as far as the starters and most of the sex stringers, I think they're all there still. Is really it'd be Burden and and Schrader would be the big ones. Um yeah, so Blake, you're going Ohio State? Yeah. You know, everything inside me says Missouri is going to find a way to win this. Um, it, it Again, it's nothing, you know, homerish. And I, we've said this, you know, obviously we all have biases. I hate, I hate Ohio State with every fiber of my being. But I'm still going to cover them fairly. And they are, they're uber talented. I mean, they're, they're stacked. Um, but... But with the loss at, you know, quarterback, uh, train them leaving. Um, I know they saw Travion Henderson, Marvin Harrison, Ibuka. I don't know. I, I, I just have a feeling that, that Missouri is going to find a way to pull this one out. It's going to be very close, so, in my opinion. So, I'm going to go Mizzou. Uh, Ole Miss and Penn State. Give me Ole Miss. Hmm. 
I'm gonna. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Scintillating conversation we have over here, folks. Uh, <laughs> I like that word, man. That was pretty. That was pretty damn good. Hell yeah. <laughs> I got Sorry. a few of them in the back pocket. Every once in a while, I whip one out. Hey, throw hey, everybody a little now. bit of a curveball. Show them that I got a brain. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> give him a second to think of his, uh, his pick here. Yeah, exactly right. Oh man, you know what? I think Penn State's defense is going to shock them, and I think they'll score enough points to uh, pull this one out. I still think, I mean, as good as the athletes are on a Ole Miss, I just, I feel like they've been inconsistent all year, and, or not all year, but they've been inconsistent in the bigger games. And I just, yeah, I think that Penn State's going to catch them. I agree. I, I haven't said much good about Ole Miss this year. I thought they were pretty overrated for who they were. Uh, but again, I, I do worry now that Chop Robinson's gone from that defense. That's a that's a tough blow for Penn State. But I, I've said all year I think Penn State would beat Ole Miss, so I'm going to ride with it, even though they lost lost players. Uh, I'm going to roll with Penn State. Uh, though I, I think Ole Miss probably is going to keep it really close. Uh, if not, I'd say a field goal game. Uh, Auburn and Maryland. Well, I'm going to go with Auburn only because, as far as I know, Tonga Viola is not playing. So, yeah. So, yeah, Auburn's just the, I guess, easy pick in this particular case. Not easy for Blake, though. (laughs) I'm going to go Maryland just because I'm not picking Auburn. (laughs) (laughs) And see, this this is where we love the rivalry, boys and girls. Um, so Blake's going Maryland. I, yeah, the whole tongue of Ilo thing. I, I don't know, man. Auburn's they've got, they've got beat by teams. They shouldn't, they've kept it close against teams. They shouldn't either. They've beaten teams. They sh- I don't know, man. It, it's a funky one, but I'm going to go with Maryland as well. Auburn's going to win the game. I'm just not going to say it. I don't know. I, I'm I going for Maryland. some reason, I feel like Maryland might find a way. I hope uh, so. I, I just I don't know. Auburn's probably too strong though. But I, I also don't like Peyton Thorne at quarterback. I don't he, either. He's not good. Uh, Maryland's got a pretty solid defense. Uh, let's talk about Georgia and Florida State. Obviously, this one, you know, before all the opt outs and everything, this would have been a hell of a game, even with the backup quarterback for for Florida State. But right now, you know, Florida State's lost a lot of players to the portal. They've lost you know players to the draft. This just doesn't seem like a good recipe for Florida State, uh, unfortunately. Uh, boys, who you got? Georgia. It's pretty easy. Georgia. It, it's got to be Georgia just because <clears throat> even though Georgia's lost 18-some-odd um, players to the transfer portal, yeah. you cannot argue with the fact that Georgia's just deep. They, yeah. have deep. they have talent all over that roster. And they haven't lost the starters like Florida State has, you know? Correct. And that's that's just the tough part about it, unfortunately. So we're all going with Georgia on this one. Yep. All right, let's get on Toledo and Wyoming. You know, this kind of these filler games in between the the biggins. Wyoming. Yep. Wyoming. Yeah, Toledo had their starting quarterback transfer. Yep. Uh, so it makes a lot of sense. I'm going to go Wyoming as well. Wisconsin and LSU. 
I think LSU even with uh without Jaden Daniels will find a way to get it done. Yeah. I agree probably, with you. You're probably right, but I'm gonna still stick with Wisconsin in this one. Trevor going with whiskey. All right. Uh we got Liberty in Oregon. Uh <laughs> 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 oh, trust me, folks. I'm not hesitating on my pick. I'm just laughing at this game a little bit. Um <laughs> Because all of Oregon is essentially coming into this game. The same team you watch play against Washington is going to play Liberty right now. <laughs> and it's going to be a disaster. Bo Nix is going to carve them a new one. Yep. I think you are uh, You are also correct there. But I'm going to pick Liberty. All right. You son of a I'm, I'm going to go with the Boise State moment here. <clears throat> you know, you stole my thunder because I was going to be like, boys, it's going to happen. There's going to be an upset. But now I can't do that. Uh, you know, I, I. You can still ride with it because, hey, I, I mean, Liberty's not getting any respect. They're not. Oregon is pro- probably feels disrespected. That they're playing Liberty, and you know, see, this is one where where team, you know, like I would love to play Liberty in a bowl game, obviously, but they could come out and do the Boise State thing and beat the hell out of them, or like yeah. Tulane last year beating USC, or yeah. UCF beating Auburn. You know, you never it, know. You never know. Um, God, you know what? Let's ride, bro. Let's ride. I'm going. Flames, I'm going with baby. Liberty. <laughs> I do. Uh, oh jeez, you know what? It's bull mania. They've lost we, their minds. They've lost their minds. <laughs> we have, yes. Trevor's the only sane one here. He picked the correct team. And folks, We're, that's scary. That's scary when I'm the sane one. It's a hell of a, it's a hell of a thing to say. Oh shit! Let's go, Iowa, Tennessee, Iowa, Iowa. No, Tennessee. I'm going to go Iowa. And this, that's not a Big Ten thing. It's not because I hate Tennessee thing. Uh, I it just, is 100% I feel like, because I hate Tennessee. I just I know I've seen Joe Milton play. And I'm telling you, against these tight zones, J.J. was having to fit them absolute dimes. J.J.'s a much better quarterback than Joe Milton. So uh, I'm, I'm going to say there's going to be some mistakes made. And I'm riding with, with Iowa. Now we're into the biggins, boys. Bama and Michigan. Who are you picking? I mean, it's pretty obvious who we're all going to pick. Uh, I really feel I like mean, you know, we could we, we could have skipped you know, this. I'm not, I'll just <laughs> I mean, tell you, I'm not picking Bama. <laughs> you know, I, I hear you. I, I just I thought it's we maybe all have you're going to pick something. I know, pick I'm going Bama. with Michigan. Come all on. right, of course I am, but. <laughs> It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a fucking tough game, man. And, and it is this good. could Listen, go either way, y'all. I'm just gonna tell you: if you don't hear from me after the new year, it means I keeled over and died because of the stress of this game. <laughs> I'll just say right now: if Bama loses, I quit the podcast. I'm quitting my job. <laughs> I'm uh, deleting my social medias. He just doesn't want to hear it for an entire year until like we get back to this point. <laughs> No, that's fine. If y'all, I mean, I can deal with it because I'll just bring up Spygate 
and uh, yeah. I'll just be obnoxious, and I'll just be like, three and eight. That's three why and eight. I, I'm advocating for every game that Michigan plays next year that they have a spy plane fly over <laughs> Michigan Stadium. Yes. Hey, get Stallions on that thing. Get us – you know, he needs to be implanted in the field right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he needs Photo to be stallions in Tuscaloosa doing severe recon. Uh, I don't know. I, it's going to be <laughs> – What's that, true? I said they need to, instead of the Michigan emblem in the middle of the field, they need to put a picture of stallions with some binoculars. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I agree with that. Put his ass out there. All right. So, obviously, we're all, you know, biased on our picks on that one. We're, we're not going to see any lean there. Um, Texas and Washington. Go on, Washington. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I'm just going to go with the best quarterback in this particular situation, and it is Penix. It's without a doubt. Ewers is good, don't get me wrong. But -hmm. there is something to be said that he was out for a significant time. It was a pretty pretty decent injury that threw him off. You could even see the game he came back from that injury that he wasn't quite 100%. He wasn't playing at the rate he was before the injury. And I just think that – I think Washington is just too – balanced all the way across the board. I think Texas they've also just been disrespected. They was disrespected yep. in the Oregon game, the second go around. They had to hear the whole second half of the season on how Oregon's the better team. Oregon should have won that game. And they come out in this um, the second time playing Oregon and was like, no, we, we deserve some respect. And then they get put in the playoffs and immediately – Everybody just assumes Texas is going to the national championship. And I just think they've got something to say about that. And I'm not knocking Texas mm-hmm. because I do believe Texas is one of the best teams in college football. I just think Washington's offense is going to be another level. And I don't think Texas is going to be able to stop it. This one is very tough uh, for me to pick because I agree. I think they've, I think they've both been disrespected. Uh you know, ever since, you know, like week seven, week eight, it's, oh, Texas, you know, they should get jumped. You know, the, you know, other teams would beat them, you know, if they played again. Uh, you know, people just discredit what happened early in the season. And then they, you know, they had the tight games, you know, uh, when they did have viewers on the sidelines. Uh, so they were getting disrespected, discredited. Washington, again, with what Blake said with Oregon, 10-point underdogs? You know, that, that's just crazy. Uh, you know, another team just, like you said, absolutely disrespected. Washington has found a way to win every single week uh, when they weren't playing well, when Penix was hurt uh, and still playing. They found ways to win. They found a way to, to get the ground game going. But I, I don't know. I feel like Texas is going to find a way with their front four on defense to, to make, make it a problem. And uh, – I think Penix does have a tendency to float it up sometimes on those deep balls. Uh, and also, don't forget, Xavier Worthy is a hell of an athlete on on wide receiver for Texas, too. So I'm going to go with Texas on this one. Uh, I, it's going to be, I think, a very, very close game. But I, I'm going to ride with Texas uh, to get the win. And uh, that's it for picks, guys. That That's it. And obviously, like you said, we'll, we'll have a – uh, national championship, you know, like special and, and episode uh, when we get down to that point and we'll break down who we think is going to actually win it. Um, you know, but for now we're, we're just going to get out of these picks and 
Uh, we got a couple more things we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, we had a fan question from from Barbara. Uh, she wanted to know our coach of the year, uh, you know, for each conference. And uh, I, I, I wrote them down uh, from for me, guys. If, if you want to chirp, uh, chime in, uh, let me know. Yeah, I've got all ten. I got ten picks. All right, cool. Uh, so <clears throat> ACC, I, I'll just go down the line. ACC, I put pick Rhett, Rhett Lashley. Uh, I thought he did. He he did a really good job. Uh, this year, uh, Norvell for, for the ACC, Florida State, obviously, you know, winning the conference championship with your third string quarterback is insanely impressive to me. Uh, you know, and he, he's had a good turnaround for them. Uh, Sarkeesian in the Big 12, great year for Texas. Uh, other teams don't really stack up when you look at them. Uh, David Braun uh, for the Big 10, what, what Northwestern was able to do. And obviously tonight, you know, I wrote this down even before the bowl win. Uh, add in what he did tonight, uh, big for them. Uh, Jerry Kill, uh, Conference USA. I mean, obviously uh, the news came out today that he's stepping down for medical reasons again. But what a what a job for him getting New Mexico State where he did. Uh, Jason Candle for the MAC, uh, Toledo. Thought they did a really great job. Barry Odom in the Mountain West. I've got uh, DeBoer in the Pac-12, obviously undefeated through that slate. It was tough. Uh, Drinkwitz, I put him in the SEC uh, just because I think they've uh, what he's done at uh, Mizzou is pretty impressive, and uh, he's got them in a really good trajectory into next season as well. Obviously, you can always say Nick Saban or Kirby Smart, but I want to change it up a little bit. Uh, Saban, obviously, they, they did have a really – good year and in, in turning around with with Milrow. Uh, and then for the Sun Belt, I put uh, Signetti, or whatever, however the hell you say his name. Um, Signetti, yeah. yeah for, for James Madison, obviously <clears throat> at Indiana now. But James Madison going undefeated, you know, during the regular season, that's awesome. Uh, huge for them in their first season in FBS. Trevor, you want to go ahead? Yeah, sure. I'll do rapid fire real quick. <clears throat> I'll just go right down the list of how I wrote it out. Pac-12, I got Dan Lanning. Uh, Big 12, I got Sark. Sark. ACC, I got Norvell. Um, SEC, obviously, I got the Mizzou Mizzou head coach. I think I wrote down the wrong name. (laughs) (laughs) I think I wrote down the assistant coach accidentally. You Um, blew it. I did. And then Big 10, I know this is going to sound super homerish of me, but Harbaugh. Like, look, back to back to back. I'm just, you know, it's just a hell of a coaching job. Even all the bull, the bullshit that's gone on this year. Yeah. Um, and then moving into the, <clears throat> and then moving into, uh, you know, the the group, group of five, five. Yeah. conference USA. Um, I kind of went with Rich Rod. You know, Rich Rodriguez at Jacksonville State. You yeah. know, salute you to what you're doing there. The American Conference. I got Lashley at SMU. Um. Really made me look really good on my pick that SMU was going to take it all, and they did. I got uh, Mountain West. I have uh, Troy Calhoun uh, from Air for Air Force. They had a really good season. I got Martin uh, from Miami of Ohio for the MAC, and some belt. I also have Signetti from JMU. Now I do. Right. Uh, good yeah. picks, Blake. What you so, got, man? Um, I'm not going to go through every one of them because y'all between y'all two, y'all said my whole list, but sure. the two difference I would have would be uh Tim Alban from Ohio 
Bobcats mm-hmm. going ten and three. Yeah. And then uh Kalen DeBoer. Yep. And I would I would go saving for the SEC just Winning the SEC with a blind quarterback. That's uh it's never been done in history. <laughs> First time. First time in history. Yeah. I, I respect it. And uh great great question. Thank you, uh, Barbara, for asking that. And you know, obviously always you know, if you guys got questions, shoot them our way. We'll answer them in the mailbag towards the end of the show. Um Trevor's got some information for us uh on portal and the uh recruiting stuff. Obviously we had early signing day. We had some, uh, you know, teams have, have really good finishes, uh, and we did. We prior to this, we did have a, you know a segment on our last show talking about teams that needed to have big signing days. Well, uh, certain ones didn't, you know. <laughs> so, Trevor, uh, throw us what you got, buddy, on on some some of this recruiting shit. Yeah, I mean, re- real talk, guys. Honestly, as far as the recruiting classes go, there was not a lot of flips or a lot of surprises, <laughs> as you will most most of the top top end recruits. Um, most of the top end recruits kind of stuck to what they already were saying. Um, there was a few that uh, I laughed at because they were saying that they were going to go to Colorado and then pff, went to Oregon or something like that. But um, I'm right now. I'm just going to go through top ten uh, portal rankings uh, for team wise on the how that went recruiting. Who has the top ten as it stands as today as on twenty third um, and then we'll uh then I'm gonna just go into the top avail the top ten available uh transfers available that are still left and then some of the top recruits that are still uh uncommitted. So let's get this going. Uh the portal is the portal is this, number one, surprise, surprise, it's Colorado. Um uh, <laughs> number two is Ole Miss, three Louisville, four TCU, five Texas Tech. Six, South Carolina, seven, uh, University of Kentucky, eight, Arizona, nine, NC State, and number 10, rounding out to 10, is USC. <clears throat> now, uh, I do find it quite interesting that most of the uh, top 10 in the portal outside of the USC, so top nine, are not considered technical blue bloods mm-hmm. or the big, big, you know, it, it's starting, you can see the shift where the, I don't want to say lower tier, but I mean, because they're all like in the big, big time conferences, but it's just, you know, they're, um, I don't know. They're just, you know, they're the teams that you don't, that had rough, kind of rough years this year. Sure. And as far as the top transfers uh, still available, surprisingly, actually, in my opinion, is Walter Nolan is still not officially committed anywhere just yet. Um, Also, from Texas A&M, uh, wide receiver, even, eh, even, Jesus, Evan Stewart uh, from Texas A&M, a wide mm-hmm. receiver. He's a very good player. Oh, yeah. uh, two cornerbacks from UGA are still available and have not committed. Nyland Green and A.J. Harris. And, of course, we mentioned it earlier in the in the show, Cam Ward is still uncommitted at quarterback <clears throat> from Washington State. Running back Trevor Etienne has yet to commit officially, um, the running back from Florida. And then the quarterback Malachi Nelson from USC has yet Mm -hmm. to determine where he's going to go. Also from USC, Damani Jackson, a cornerback, rounds out the top top ten available 
transfer transfer um, players available. So, and just so everyone's aware, this is not like a culmination of like two or three different websites. This is strictly me going off of the reporting for two four seven sports. Now, rivals may have a slightly different top ten or top uh, available. This is just. The, the information I pulled from uh, 247, I personally like them a little bit better than Rivals and some mm. of the other ones. I just like the way their site and the way their information is set up. <clears throat> so moving over into the recruiting side of things, uh, top top the top of the class section, it's really not going to be any surprise to anybody, um, but I'll just rattle them off real quick, one, one through ten. UGA rounds it starts off at starts us off at one, Bama two, Texas three, Miami four, OSU five, Oregon six, Auburn seven, Oklahoma eight, FSU nine, and rounding out the top ten is Notre Dame, which is not really any surprise to anybody. All of those teams usually recruit very well mm-hmm. almost they year do. in and year out. <clears throat> Um, some of the top position players uh, that have yet to commit, that they have crystal balls out for them, but they have yet to sign their letter of intent. Uh, starts us off with the uh, top QB available still is Timothy Carpenter. Most of you probably don't know who he is because he is he is not even a four-star. He is a three-star. All of the four- and five-star quarterbacks have officially signed their letter of intent. His crystal ball is almost at 100% to Indiana. He is a 6'3", quarterback, and he, he, you know, some of the stuff I read about him, it sounds like he's a pretty decent co- – would be a t- pretty decent get yeah. uh, for Indiana. <clears throat> so, moving on to the running back side of things, Daniel Hill, he's a four-star. His crystal ball is about a 50, 50, 55% to Bama, and then Mississippi State is also in the running for him as well. Um, actually, surprisingly enough, Mississippi State is actually in the running for a couple of these top players – they're still left um, that have yet to commit. Uh, wide receiver, best available wide receiver is Gatlin Bear. He has yet to commit, but he is, by all by all accounts, everyone really is looking at him to sign letter of intent to go to Michigan. <clears throat> uh, best uh, this the defense is going to jump around a little bit because <laughs> uh, so uh, the safety best safety available is Xavier Mincy. Um, he's a four star. His crystal ball shows that he is trending to Florida, which is, you know, I mean, Florida has lost a lot, so they could use a nice pick me up. Yeah, they sure could. <laughs> <laughs> um, top linebacker left available is Bradley Shaw. He's a four star as well. Crystal ball has him going to Arkansas at 100%. And then uh, best cornerback available is Jaden Lewis, and he's a four star, and it's split between Mississippi State. And Auburn, Mississippi State's about seventy percent to Auburn's thirty percent, and I'm sure like the other percentage they didn't they listed a bunch of other ones, but those are the top two, and that rounds out the top top recruits that are left. A lot, of, I'm telling you all, folks, like a lot of the four stars and five stars, all of them, like whether it's offensive line, there's like very few mm-hmm. that are left to sign their letter of, letter of intent. They a lot of these guys. I had, you know, signed early so they could early enroll and everything like that. So that rounds out the kind of the recruiting and portal news. Uh, and I'll try and update you guys in 2024 on what else has populated. I'll try and keep some notes because it's I'm sure it's going to 
ramp up now that the bowl season's coming to an end and we're around getting to the semifinals where a lot of coaching changes will happen. I'm sure the transfer portal stuff will start happening. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you, Trevor. Yeah, that's – I mean, obviously, you know, back in the day, it was everybody would wait till February and signing day would be a crazy thing. Uh, now you got early signing day, and it's it's got a little, you know, hectic at times, but most people feel like they already know where they're going. There's a couple flips, but nothing crazy. And uh, these players, they like to sign their, their stuff early now. You might get a couple that will hang out and, and still are, you know, waiting on new NIL deals or whatever else, but – uh, yeah, for the most part, you know, all your big guys are going to sign now and, mm-hmm. and get it out of the way. And then there's there's also the group that usually is the early enrollee guys where they yeah. signed their letter of intent and early enrolled so they could start practicing with the team, which is not against NCAA rules. Those guys can practice as much as they want yeah. uh, with the team as long as the coach allows it and everything like that. So it's pretty cool to watch. I know a few Michigan recruits uh, were practicing. I saw – I think Florida State and Florida, some of their recruits were already starting to practice with them and starting to work on stuff. So, yeah, yeah and that's that, pretty, that, at the, I think that's just the going rate with uh, these recruits. They want to get in, make an impression, so these mm-hmm. transfer portal guys don't come in and they they can kind of get a leg up on the competition at this point. Absolutely. I feel like that's that's the motivation behind it, in my opinion. Yeah, it, you know, a lot of the early enrollees get a good jump start and – you know, let's talk about, again, how bowls are still very important. If you can get your early enrollee into bowl practice, that's huge getting them some bowl, bowl reps, uh, you know, before spring ball. That's, you know, again, 15, 10 practices, whatever, the, you know, whenever they get on campus, uh, that's huge for the program, getting these young guys in and getting them, you know, situated and acclimated to the style of, you know, training, the, you know, the, the workouts, uh, you know, getting the playbook going. It's a, it's huge, and I, I like seeing that too, uh, Trevor. I think that's really important. Uh, so, guys, uh, Blake dropped off his his computer did some sort of reboot or something. I don't know. So he is done for the night, um, but we're, we're pretty much done here as well. Uh, so again, we we thank you guys for everything and, and listening. It's been a hell of a year. Um, you know, obviously we're we're working on things. We're you know heading into the new year. Uh, we're going to do coverage on the the national title, of course. Uh, like I said, we'll reconvene after the new year and, and we'll let you guys know on social media when we're going to uh, do the next show. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. So keep an eye out on social media. Uh, Trevor, you got anything else before we. I just want to say Merry Christmas to everybody. And I uh, hope you all have a happy new year. And we'll talk to you, talk to you in 2024. Go blue. Hell yeah, guys. Have a Merry Christmas. And uh, oh, Barbara, by the way, if you're still listening. Uh, Blake wanted to give you a go dogs. All right. He, he had a, he texted me, made, said to make sure to tell you that, uh, before the end of the show. Uh, so that did pain me to say, you know, it, it hurts inside a little bit. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, go blue from, from us here at, uh, <laughs> at the gridiron, uh, the roll tighter, he's gone, uh, and, uh, pray for us either way. Thank you guys again. We'll talk to you next year, right? (laughs) Dad joke. All right. Goodbye.